Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast are difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Uh, so my first mini-sode was just me. But now, mini-sode episode two, we finally have Dan back. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Well, I informed everybody that I recorded that first mini-sode while you were at work. Ah, so okay. I slighted you. I'm sorry. Apologies. Sorry. But uh, now you have Dan back. I know everybody loves Dan. Hi, everybody. So he's here. Um, so in our first ever Blackbird episode, we discussed how the COVID-19 quarantine began to impact survivors of domestic violence. Today's mini-sode is going to be an extension of that as new reports are coming out and new statistics from around the world are being released. We want to inform our listeners about what is going on around the world in this respect and also provide information of how to get help if you need it. So according to the United Nations Population Fund, which is the UN's Sexual and Reproductive Health Agency, an analysis shows that the pandemic will accelerate rates of domestic violence and result in millions of unwanted pregnancies, female genital mutilation, and child marriages. They say this prediction could have a, quote, calamitous impact on women's health around the globe, according to Vice News. And thanks to Dan for finding this article from Vice to, uh, to talk about all this. Furthermore, they predict that an additional 15 million cases of domestic violence around the world will occur for every three months that people are isolated. Insane. We've already been isolated for that long. Yep. Yep. The numbers are nuts, man. That's... They're just nuts. 15 million. Yep. That's horrible. Yeah. As mentioned in episode one... Many women and children are trapped at home with their abusers with no way out. This has already led to an increase in domestic violence situations, and it is predicted to only increase over time. Here in the United States, police departments throughout the country are reporting a spike in domestic violence calls. The National Domestic Violence Hotline has also received thousands of calls, and those calling are saying the COVID-19 lockdown is part of the abuse. Abusers are not allowing victims to use hand sanitizer or even shower. Some are also lying about coronavirus restrictions in order to prevent the victim from leaving the house. Sure. I mean, yeah, you know, if you've got power over someone like that, you know, if you're stuck in that situation in the first place, it means that this person has power over you. It means that this person has influence, this person has control over you. Right. So it's just like when you're a kid and your dad doesn't want you to go in the woods and he just tells you there's monsters there. You're just like, oh shit, there's monsters? I'm not going in the woods. There's no monsters. But So it's the same thing. You know, These people have such control over their victims that they're just like, oh yeah, it's airborne. If you go outside, you're going to breathe in and it's going to kill you. Right. And these people are like, oh my god, really? Right, because a lot of times too, like they, they don't let them watch TV. They don't, sometimes they won't let them like have cell phones. You can't keep up with the news so you right. don't really know what's going on out there so they could be telling you like you're not allowed to go to the grocery store you're not allowed right. to you know um go to the bank you're not allowed you know so and i who some of these people might not be allowed to do those things in the first place because of their abusers their abusers 
might be keeping them at home in normal circumstances. Right, exactly. So, um, so yeah, they're using these to, to tell them, uh, or no, we're, we can't leave the house at all. You yeah, have and, to stay here. And there's so much BS online anyways, and yeah. even in the news, even on like actual television, there's so much nonsense and misinformation that yeah. even if these people are allowed to go online, it's easy to convince them like, oh no, that's hashtag fake news. You right. Know, you, that's that's not true. You can't go out. Right. Like, oh, I knew a guy, or my oh my cousin, or right. oh my friend, whatever it is. Yeah. He got sick, and you know whatever horrible thing happened to him just just because he stepped outside. You don't want to go out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then to restrict the use of hand sanitizer and to not even allow them to shower and. Which is crazy, but even you know there are people who. You know, I don't want to insult anybody, but, you know, when there was that whole high fructose corn syrup is bad for you scare, like, whatever that was, 10, 12 years ago, whatever yeah. it was, where people were like, oh, you can't drink soda with high fructose corn syrup in it. Right. Because it's bad. Like, people believed that. Like, yeah. people, like intelligent people. Like, yeah. I worked with people who were engineering professionals who were like, oh, you can't drink that soda. It's got high fructose corn syrup in it. And I'm like, well, I've been drinking it my whole life and I haven't died yet. Right, right, right. And if you understand the science behind it, you know that there's really nothing toxic about it at all. Right. So it's easy for these people, again, when you've you've already got control over someone psychologically to say, oh, you know, hand sanitizer's bad for you. It's got alcohol in it. And you know what happens when you drink alcohol. So if you put that on your hands, it's going to absorb through your pores. Yeah. And it's even worse and they'll make up some nonsense yeah. and they'll make their victims believe it because they've already got that control. Or or it could be something where, um, you know, if you do this thing, I'll let you have the hand sanitizer. Right. You know, that it, it's also, also that type of control, right. too. Right, it rubs I the mean, lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, there are so many circumstances that could be happening with just this one um, situation. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're living in unprecedented times right now. Oh, yeah. This is, this is not anything that anyone aside from maybe five people on the whole planet have lived through before with the, with the Spanish, uh, what was it? The Spanish the, flu? The Spanish flu, yeah. yeah, the 1918 influenza. Yeah, exactly. Which, which only, you know, the very, very small percentage of the population lived through that. And, and the thing is, like, even that, like, this is unprecedented, period, because the last time that humanity faced a pandemic like this, technology was different, cultural norms were different, yeah. societal uh, paradigms were completely different. Yeah. This is the first time that anyone has walked into a grocery store and been required to put a mask on. Right, That's yes. never happened before, at least not in the U.S., yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it happens kind of in Asia sometimes, but I'm not even sure if that was a mandatory thing, when, you know, the SARS 2002 thing. Yeah. I don't think that was really a mandatory thing. People were just doing that for their own sense of protection. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that we've faced this situation where, you, you know, your government is telling you you have to do these things, and yeah. there are some... There are some counties and some municipalities where the restrictions are going even further. Like like here in Suffolk County, we're allowed to go out. I'm, I'm allowed to drive wherever I want. Mm-hmm. I just, you can't gather in groups of more than I think it's 10, 10. people. Mm-hmm. You're technically supposed to observe the six foot rule yep. like everyone yep. else is. Yep. Um, but technically I can go wherever and do whatever mm-hmm. I want. Right. Um, there are some places in the U.S. and around the world where you can't go out. I mean... Italy was on lockdown. Yes. You literally could not leave your you house. Could not leave. Mm-hmm. And I think there were there were um, stipulations for like going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. but people were saying they couldn't even do that sometimes yep. because the police would just be like, "Well, I don't care. I'm not letting you out. You right. got to go." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. People were being fined for yeah. leaving their houses. They yeah. they were literally like 
the government was charging them money because they're like, you're you, this is a public health risk. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know there were people in Florida that were being ticketed for, yeah. and that was a, that was only a short lived thing. There was there was definitely there were some counties in Florida that had lockdowns, mandatory lockdowns. Um, but then I had heard like one story about a particular county that there was a curfew. Mm-hmm. You, you weren't allowed out after six or seven or eight or whatever. And somebody actually got like a thousand dollar fine right. for being out. Yeah. So all the rest of the guys in that group were like, uh, I guess we're going to stop working at seven and go home yeah. because yeah, we'll all get thousand dollar fines. And you know, with, with that, um, abusers could be using that. To, to say, like, if you I leave, can't. we can't afford that. Right. Don't and, don't go out of the house. And I can't give you the hand sanitizer because we've only got one bottle left. And if I go out, it's going to cost us $1,000. Right. I'm looking out for you. Exactly. I love you. I'm doing this out of love Absolute, for you. Absolutely. 100%. And that's the best way to get control of someone is to convince them that the things that you're telling them are out of love. Are for their benefit. <laughs> are for their benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is happening all over the world. In Brazil, a study found that DV has increased more than 430% between February and April. And that's insane. 430% in roughly three months. The number itself is insane, but then the time period is insane. Like, that's not like a year-over-year increase, which even a year-over-year increase of 430% would be crazy. Right. You know, over a decade, maybe that makes sense because the economy is bad or whatever the, right. the thing may be. But, but in a year, 430 percent would be nuts. And to have that in two or three months mm-hmm. is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't ignore the connection. Like it's not a coincidence that that's happening in the months during the exactly. Like exactly. The report is also projecting that up to forty-four million women in low and middle-income countries low and middle income, I mean, keep that in mind, could be unable to access contraception during the lockdown, which could potentially now result in millions of unintended pregnancies. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, you know, that's, that's people, that's people that are going to live and have whole lives based on you know, I hate to use these words, an event that shouldn't have happened. You know, you right. don't want to, you don't ever say like that person shouldn't have been born. Shouldn't have been right. But yeah, I mean, these are now lives that are going it, to, it's not just the event. It's not just what happened to mm-hmm. the woman that got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, it's not just that birth that now there's this baby that has to be dealt with. That's a life now and that's going to go on for. And a lot of these are not going to necessarily come from consensual relationships. These are going to be situations where somebody is sexually assaulted. Yes. And they can't, they don't have access to, you know, um, the, the morning after the plan B, or they can't get to the drugstore to get their birth control, you know? So there's going to be a bunch of people who are, are not going to have, the access to uh, not allow this unintended pregnancy to happen. Right. And, you know, I'm sure we have listeners out there who are, you know, against abortion and every life is sacred and you should, you know, whatever, whatever it is. However, I believe that if you are getting pregnant and you did not intend to get pregnant, especially if it came from an unconsented to 
uh, meeting of people, right. or you now don't have the funds to take care of that child, like, it, right now, people are out of work. Yeah. It, it, there are going to be plenty of people. of people who are going to be birthing children who don't have the money to support that family. Right. In my opinion, I think that those are completely understandable situations to not want that pregnancy to go forward. Yeah, I mean, people love to talk about how, like, oh, it's my tax dollars that have to support, you know, this organization that, you know, performs divorces, blah, blah, blah. But when these people have, when these people can barely afford to pay their rent, where do you think that they're going to turn for the money to take care of their child? Exactly. That's coming out of your tax dollars anyway, bro. Exactly. So we might as well just do some good in the world. Exactly. <laughs> And, and then also, you know, on the flip side, there's always the, well, then don't have sex. Mm. Which, okay, fine. <laughs> but again, a lot of these in this time right. are going to be coming from not consented to meetings. And They're... various degrees of consent, too. You Correct. know, consent isn't black and white. No. Consent isn't like, hey, let's do this thing tonight. Yeah. And no, I don't want this. Like, there are various degrees of consent. Everywhere from... Everywhere from, you know, just, like, one of the two people is, like, not really in the mood, but, like, okay, whatever. Like, that's that's consensual, obviously, but that's a little a little bit leaning towards the gray. Like, eh, not everybody's really on board with this plan. Right. And then, you know, it gets further and further grayer and grayer from there to where, you know, there is that kind of obligatory uh, intercourse where you've got that situation where that, you know, that person has control over the other person mm -hmm. and they're... The hand sanitizer thing, like we were talking mm -hmm. about, right? You know, where it's like the other person really doesn't want to do this, and technically they're consenting, but like they really don't want to. Yeah, everybody knows they don't want to, right. but they do anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, so they do it's it because just... they because there was incentive there. They were they were being right. coerced into it, which is not a form of consent. So you're right. you're technically saying yes. But right. you're doing it because somebody is forcing this power over you. Right. I mean, it would be the same thing as if someone, you know, puts a gun to your head yes. and says, do this or I'm going to kill you. Exactly. Is that now you consenting? Right. Not really. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these kids are going to be coming from relationships that were not right. real relationships. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I'm saying is, yeah. you know consent isn't black or white there's exactly. a gray area yeah. and so you can't say you can't just say oh i don't believe that statistic that there are going to be 15 million people being raped and having kids from from that it's like no there's that whole gray area yep like there may only be you know quote unquote only be like a thousand you know uh, yep. pregnancies due to like straight up flat out right, right. but yeah, then yeah, there yeah. but then there are going to be 14 million 999,000 in that gray area yeah where it's some degree of consensual and, and then yes there are going to be some that are totally consensual but people who just aren't prepared for aren't this. prepared people who are home they're bored they had some wine this afternoon you yeah know. and this is all over the world we're talking yeah. so all over the world has completely different laws and thought processes about what rape actually is and what consent actually is i mean even in the states we have different we have varying levels of of what consent and rape yep. mean so we could have one country where where it's actually not seen as rape, but in the United States, it's completely seen as rape. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're like you're saying, it's not black and white, especially right. when it comes to the the, the entire globe. Yeah, absolutely. there's There's so much gray area when you look from place to place. Like we were just talking about, about the lockdown and the, and the mandates are different even just from county to county. 
yes. here, you know, and yes. from state to state. Here. Yes. So sure, on the other side of the world, in another country right. where the culture is completely different and laws are completely different, it's you know, it's it, there's even more difference there between what is consent and what is assault and what is, you know, whatever. Exactly. And uh, the pandemic is also expected to result in millions of additional child marriage cases. Which is just crazy to me. That that's still even happening. That that still even happens. Approximately 13 million over the next decade due to interruption of preventative programs and increased economic hardship. Poverty, apparently, is a key factor in child marriage as families marry off their daughters in expectance of easing the economic burden on the family. So if they are low income or poor or whatever it is, they marry off their child to uh, maybe a wealthier family. So now she gets a better life there. And now they have one less person in their family that they have to provide for. So this is like a business arrangement. And it sounds, you know, when, when you word it like that, it sounds great. Like, oh, this, this, this girl's getting out the hood and, and the, her family is getting supported. But like this girl is 12 years old. Right. <laughs> like, you know... It, that's never okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if this was a 23-year-old we were talking about, great. She got some rich guy or vice versa. You know, she's going to have a great life. She obviously can fully consent to this and, and consider it and say, yes, I would like to do this. That's a great situation. But this is a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old yeah. that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, ne that's never okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and over the next 10 years, and this is, like probably the worst thing uh the lack of necessary prevention efforts also projects the result of approximately two million girls being genitally mutilated because they can't do prevention efforts you know and the sad thing is that is obviously by far the most horrible thing that we've talked about yet but that's the kind of thing that isn't even shocking to me, knowing that even long before this pandemic, this was the kind of crap mm -hmm. that's happening in certain areas of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, just lawless regions where there's technically a government, you know, in Central Africa and East Africa. There are technically governments, but really the governments are in no power whatsoever. They're completely ineffective. And you get these warlords who do that kind of crap mm -hmm. every day yeah. as, just, as just a tool to ensure their influence and to ensure their goals and it's just an insane thing to think about that 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 actually doesn't shock me like oh yeah i, I figured that like ugh. i, I know I, it's horrible it's horrible to think yeah. about what happens in other places and you know the un is there in place to to help these um you know there are international organizations charities that attempt to um lessen uh, these um, traditions, for lack of a better term, I, they are in some places. But right now, we we can't access a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and I mean to expand a little bit on that word tradition. Like you know, I was thinking, you know, look, look, we respect we respect everyone's cultures. We're not going to tell you that just because we think something is wrong that you can't do it. You know, there are certain things. You know, like, let's say, let's say that in somewhere in uh, Eastern Europe, there's the tradition of when, when a boy is, is 13, he's got to go out and hunt his first deer. And like, that's just what his people have been doing for thousands of years. And, you know, whether or not you believe in hunting and support hunting, 
you're not going to necessarily say, oh, that's an evil practice and the U.S. should go roll tanks through there and start shelling houses to stop kids from shooting deer. Like, if that's your culture, okay, so be it. Then there are other things like genital mutilation that that is not okay. I don't give a fuck about your culture at that point. Like, if your culture says, I'm going to cut somebody's stuff off, then it is not acceptable. And again, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a gray area that you have to wrestle with, with when are you being culturally sensitive and when are you being culturally insensitive? But I do think that at some point there is a line that you have to, you know, and again, it's, 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 it's tough to wrestle with that mentally, but there's a point at which I'm sorry, you just can't be doing certain things. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Thankfully, though, systems are in place around the world to help get victims and survivors to safe places and to help them with their own safety planning. France has allowed women to stay in hotels funded by the government. Wow. Yes. They've opened pop-up counseling centers. I have to laugh here. I'm sorry. In my notes, I actually wrote they opened pup-up because my dog was probably there with me. I want to go to a pup-up anything. They've opened pop-up counseling centers to provide therapy and help uh, to survivors, and they've created a code word to discreetly report abuse in pharmacies. So you can go approach your pharmacist and say this code word, and the pharmacist will know what to do from that point forward. Um, So if you are in France and you need to know what that is, then um, consult a, a hotline or or the, the government officials, um, because, you know, not everybody's supposed to know what this word is. So, right, right. Um, I don't even know what this word is. <sighs> but it's such a great thing to have in place. Uh, the UK has created a government action plan, which includes safe housing for anyone needing to leave their home during the pandemic due to abuse also. So we have some really good things happening over in Europe right now um, to try to help domestic violence survivors get out And here in the U.S., we have our own means of helping survivors get away from their abusers. Um, As mentioned in episode one, shelters and hotlines are still open and available. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you can also text 911 if in an emergency situation and you can't make a phone call to them. You know, a lot of people don't want their abusers to overhear their conversation with 911. You know, I've I've, uh, heard a lot of 911 calls where the caller is acting as if they're to order a pizza yeah exactly yeah. yep yep ordering a pizza i heard one where um they were they're a real estate agent so they were pretending they were just calling a client and talking about a house right um you know so there are a lot of different tactics in that way but if you still feel as though you are unsafe from calling you can always text 911 and most counties throughout the US have this option And this is especially noted for those who are in domestic violence situations currently. And San Francisco is especially encouraging those in these situations to utilize this method of contacting emergency services. According to CBSN, the city has seen a drop in overall 911 calls by 24%, 911 calls, but those related to domestic violence have remained similar to numbers from March and April of last year. Right, which means that technically they're up yeah that statistic is up because if overall crime is down and dd is the same that means the dd is up exactly 
So if anyone out there needs help, you can always call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to their site, thehotline.org. You can also call or text 911 in an emergency and I will link to the list in the show notes so you can see if your county is part of the texting initiative. Um, there's actually an FCC list of all the counties in the state in the states that um, provide this. Um, and then it also gives information of how to do it. I also just want to add that here, you know, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm a victim advocate um, for emergency rooms um, on the island where we live. And... Uh, the organization that I volunteer with has actually informed us that as of, um, I guess it was March that we went into lockdown here. Um, yeah, we've right. only gotten maybe like five or six calls through those few months. So people are not calling to go to the hospital it could be because they're not allowed to call. Right. They're not allowed to leave the house. You know, any number of those things. Or it could be that they're afraid to go to the hospital because they don't want to get sick. Yeah, unfortunately, this is the kind of thing where you don't know until after the fact and you and the statistics are recorded if it's that the need is down because people aren't going out or if the need is there and people just aren't able to report it. We're assuming it's because it's the latter, um, right. because it, it re the calls themselves, the DV calls, are up um, to the hotline. Okay. But the hospital calls right. are down. Yeah. So we're we're assuming it's the latter that um, they're just they're they're not reporting it enough to to need us right now at the hospitals because they either can't or, or, or unwilling because they don't want to get sick. Exactly. Is that, and that's one of the craziest yeah. things, like just to go on a little bit of a tangent, that's one of the craziest things about this whole pandemic is that if you're sick right now with something else, yeah. you don't you don't want to go to the hospital because, and I'm not telling you don't go to the hospital, go to the hospital. Yeah. Oh yeah, if you <laughs> if, need to go to the if hospital. If you're having chest pains, yes. go to the hospital. Yes. But, you know, people are not going to the hospital because they don't want to because they're afraid of COVID-19. Exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's just nuts. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, I get it that it's this huge pandemic and that, you know, the hospital system and the healthcare system is doing what it can with what resources it has. But as a, as the wealthiest nation on the planet Earth, the fact that we can't in, in, in the months that it's been, it's been four months that we can't separate, you know, the, the have an entirely other system just for dealing with pandemic cases and that hospitals are, are, are can't operate the way that they were operating before. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm. It's sad and, and, and scary. Yeah, it is sad and scary. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that concludes this week's mini-sode. And we're hoping to get a few more out to you all this month. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we know that that is a huge part of domestic and sexual violence for survivors. So we want to make sure that we're getting out some information to you guys about uh, mental health uh, when it comes to surviving these ordeals. If you or someone you know has a story you would like to share on Blackbird, please email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy. We would also love if you could spread the word to family and friends about our podcast as these are important topics to share with families and communities. 
And if you like these shorter mini-sodes, you can leave us a review. We would like a review. Yes, we like, well, good reviews. I mean, look, you can leave whatever review you want, but preferably give them Yeah, you know, we would like that. If you have board. a bad review, you can just email that in, you know? Yeah, that's fine, actually, yeah. We'll take constru- <laughs> constructive criticism. Right, right. You don't want no hate. being the key word here. Don't be throwing no shade. <laughs> and as always, be safe, be aware of your surroundings, and social distance if that's still an option for you. Two meters, people. That's six feet? Pretty much everyone outside of the U.S. will understand that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except us uh, American dummies. Yeah, it's funny because I was just watching, um, I was watching a video that Eddie Hall uh, did. He's a strong man in England, and they kept saying the two-meter rule. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our second mini-sode.